Sports Pen lives right here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're along this Thursday afternoon. Delighted to be with you as always as we go into uh, another day of our mini shutdown, should we call it. Jake Duran of Local 3 joins us on the ESPN-UP phone line. Kind enough to give us his perspective and takes as we always love to have him here on Thursdays. What's up, Jake? How you doing, man? How good. you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I, are you feeling good is the real question. I am. I am feeling good. Um, I did come down with a little bit of a cold on Saturday, but I've recovered, and I'm back to my normal duties at Local Three. So, um, you know, just just business as usual. Obviously, we're we're doing our best to um, to do do what we've been told. You know, stay away from each other. Try not to come around people as much, and and just trying to, I guess, adapt to to the new the new way life is right now as we try to get through this. Um, coronavirus, uh, you know, I guess scare, I guess you could say. So, um, you know, it's been a, a long week, obviously, with sports kind of shutting down suddenly and, and just trying to adjust right now. So that's kind of where I'm at. But right now I'm feeling healthy, feeling good. And, and um, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to keep it that way at this point. Well, we're thankful for that and thankful to have you here. we got a lot to get to over the course of this show because there's been a lot of NFL news that continues to break. I love free agency, and this was a great week to have free agency. We've got a lot of NFL news to break down over the course of the next hour, including some breaking news from about 15 minutes ago out in the West Coast, one, in, uh, one former Packer involved in that. Today would have been the start of March Madness, and you know, we're sad about it, obviously, but... We get it. We're in the midst of a national pandemic. That doesn't mean we can't bring the madness to you. And Jake and I are going to take some projected matchups, and we will simulate the bracket here on ESPN-UP. And, of course, we'll visit the Hat of Content. want to make a special announcement, though, because this is breaking news in of itself as of about an hour ago that we will have a special guest here in ESPN-UP tomorrow. And this is on our social media, if you've seen that within the last hour but Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, will join me tomorrow. About 24 hours from now, we'll uh, have him here on the Sports Pen. We'll be talking about what we could have had with March Madness this year, plus the uh, ESPN bracket for greatest college basketball player of all time is unveiled tonight. Seth will join me tomorrow, and we'll talk about all that and more coming up in tomorrow's show. So don't miss that. My interview with Seth Greenberg coming up tomorrow. Uh, we will get to basketball a little bit later on, and you know, right now I want to start with football. I, li- I already lied. We're two minutes and 45 seconds into the show, Jake. I already told a lie because this is actually what I want to start with before we get to football, and it's not related to sports, but, man, i got to get off my chest because I saw a video this morning, and I shared it with a comment to my Twitter. We are in a much different place socially and economically than where we were last week. Needless to say, everyone knows that. But with that, attitudes have changed about where we are as a country and what we're dealing with. Last week, I think we were pretty uh, pretty split. There was a, a faction of people who said, this is nothing to worry about. This is just like the flu. And there was another faction who was who thought we were at death's door as a country. And I don't know where the button is but i do think that we can all agree that this is something very serious that we need to take seriously and that we are worried about becoming italy and going through what they're going through right now and despite all that and despite the education and what we've learned about this uh this virus here in the last week i see this video of spring breakers down in miami beach and they're saying things like 
this isn't going to affect me, you know. I paid for this trip. Spring break comes once a year, you know. Let's just, it's it's an elderly person's disease. I'm not worried about that. And to me, that just, I don't know, that floors me because it, it, to me, if you're one of the people who takes comfort in the fact that uh, it's high risk to people besides you, that you aren't necessarily at high risk for this, you're just the worst kind of person. I mean, you really are because we've all got loved ones that are at risk for this. And, you know, and the perception was that this would only affect elderly people or people with underlying conditions. And that's very much not the truth. They are at high risk. I mean, everybody's at risk for this, but some are at risk more than others. And to me, that somebody would. you're essentially killing each other. You're killing other people by spreading the disease out there, going on unnecessary trips and venturing outside. And I just, it floors me that people know what we have the information now. This is a week old almost. Uh, I mean, it's been in the country longer than that. But to the majority of us, this has become a national thing about a week ago. And with all that time to educate yourself People still don't get it and are willing to put other people in harm's way because it wouldn't affect them as much as other people. To me, Jake, that just, that floors me. Yeah, I actually saw the video you were talking about, about, you know, with all the spring breakers, and I get it. You know, these are younger people um, looking forward to a spring break. Spring break break is one of those times, especially when you're in college, where, you know, you can really let loose throughout a a stressful school year. So I, I understand where they're coming from, not wanting to miss it, having the, the plans already, you know, down before, for months and, and just always looking forward to that. But, but yeah, it, it was very, for me, it was just very, very concerning, very scary. Because like you said, um, I, I guess for me, I kind of got a jump start on the whole corona thing. I was looking into it, and I kind of realized prior to even last week before sports was shut down that this could be a very serious thing. And I think it really hit home. For me and, and just a lot of my friends, when, when sports actually stopped, you know, when Rudy Gobert, just, just a week ago, it seems like it's been years, um, you know, it was, it was proven that he had the virus and then the NBA shut down and then, you know, all the other leagues followed suit and things like that. When I realized that businesses were about to lose out on big money but still did it anyways, when you start talking money, that's when I knew it was, it was a little bit more serious, started digging down um, a little bit deeper and doing my research. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, for, for younger people, especially in these days and age, this day and age, you can't you can't have the excuse like I didn't know. And, and a lot of these people that were getting interviewed were very, uh, you know, they they're just kind of like, well, it's whatever. It's not going to affect me directly, but um, because you know there was a narrative out there that it only affects the older people. Only older people are going to be the ones that are suffering, dying for the most part. But as this thing goes on and things like that and just the research i've done and i could be completely wrong i'm no doctor no specialist but it's affecting more right now more people under 65 most people that are in icu in the hospital are in you know their 30s 40s um around that age um it's actually not just the older people it's actually affecting uh, younger people as well maybe not not necessarily your teens or your 20 year olds um but but i think it's a little bit more serious than people are 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 bringing out to be so all i ask and i've you know i've pleaded over social media and yeah you know there's going to be people out there who are just going to not believe it's true um saying it's all just scare tactics through the media and things like that you're going to have that group but what i ask of people listening right now um if you haven't been doing it already please please you know practice the social distancing try to stay away from people really do your part to help stop the spread of this if 
if we keep doing going along our daily business, uh, you know, the the more the, the projection is a lot, a lot more people are going to get this. A lot more people are going to die if we catch it now. Practice social distance. If you can quarantine at your house um, and just stay away from people, do it. I mean, I know it's hard for some people, and and I know we're in this in a position where you know there's some people that are affected way worse, are way worse off than other people. I'm lucky to still you know have a job. I know some people have lost jobs. Some people are worried they're not, they don't know you know how they're going to get food. You know, they're watching their kids. Uh, you know, who's going to be watching their kids if they have, if they do still have a job that they can go to? You know, but we got to just come together as 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 one, help each other out, help your neighbor, you know, and, and do your part. Just, just, it's not going to be forever, but if we catch it now and we really focus on, you know, staying away from each other, doing what they say, um, what the government wants right now, and just, and just following the basic, you know, sanitary guidelines, let's try to come together, attack this thing, and then the sooner we, we are able to come together, the sooner we might be able to start le- living and leading normal lives again. Um, you know, this it's going to get worse before it gets better, and it's not going to end overnight. Obviously, we're in for a little bit of a battle here for the next few months, but um, let's try to make it easier on ourselves. If you're still walking around with that mindset, like, this isn't going to hurt me, start thinking about, you know, your grandparents, your parents, your friends' parents, um, your aunts, your uncles, you know, your cousins. Um, think about them and, and the way that, you know, these older people who are scared for their lives, you know, uh, not wanting to step foot outside are feeling, and and just do your part. That's all I ask, and that's all I've really been pleading on over social media. Um, you know, it, it's, it's time. If you haven't realized this is a very serious thing, so it's time to start taking this serious and, and do what you can. And like I said, let's just all come together and try to make it as easy of a process as possible. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Before we hit the break here, let's do a little NFL because there's been a lot of news happening there lately. First of all, well, this morning, I guess, uh, the Lions made a move by sending Darius Slay, big uh, big play Slay, to the Philadelphia Eagles where he was promptly given a contract extension that could grow up to $50 million. He is now the highest paid corner in the NFL. So that's a big get for Philadelphia. The Lions, in return, they get a third and a fifth round draft pick. So the Lions now have five of the top 85 picks in the NFL draft coming up next month. They could grow that, depending if they want to deal out at number three, what have you. So the Lions are going with that tried and true routine, or maybe tried and failed, depending how Lions fans feel about it, of trying to sell optimism, saying, you got to trust us, we're going to hit on these picks. The only thing is, Jake, I don't know any Lions fans that are optimistic after seeing this. I mean, yeah, we're stockpiling on these picks, but we've never hit on any of them, and I just don't think Lions fans have confidence in Bob Quinn anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this has been, you know, for the past several years, if not more, you know, Bob Quinn has kind of been public enemy number one to Detroit Lions fans. And um, when I first saw the deal today, obviously I think Lions fans and um, people who follow the Detroit Lions knew that this deal potentially could happen, that, that a trade could be in the works to get Slay out of there. He was on social media, you know, asking for the organization to trade him, especially once they agreed to terms with Desmond Trufant, one of their um, gets in free agency, uh, a decent corner. He's not, not anything crazy out of out of Atlanta, um, you know, he's been dealing with injuries, but when he's on the field, he's pretty productive. Uh, many Lions fans thought maybe they could pair up Slay and Trufant and, and then go a different way in the draft, but obviously with Detroit, the relationship there was kind of rocky. Philly had to give him an extension that made him the highest-paid corner. I don't know if Detroit was in the position to be able to do that, so they got what they could, um, and a third and fifth-round draft pick. It's not great, 
you know, maybe you were hoping for a second-round pick or something like that for um, a top corner. But, I mean, for the past couple of years, Slay hasn't been his, his 2017 self when, he, self when he made the Pro Bowl, was an all-pro or, and things like that. So, I mean, he's kind of his play's kind of been up and down. So for, for Philly, obviously, it's a, it's a big need. They need secondary help really badly. Um, for Detroit, like you said, man, you bring in Trufant, so you got you got a viable starter as long as he's healthy. But then you got the third pick in the draft. So many people are are saying that Detroit's mock uh, going to get Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State, and I think right now all signs are pointing that that's the direction they're going to go. Um, I think Detroit could very well trade out of that third pick. I don't think they're going to want to go too much higher into the. You know, I don't think they're going to want to go into the teens or anything like that. But if they could get fifth, move move back a few spots and still get Okuda. Then you got a guy who who has the potential to be better than Darius Slay, or at least reach that level um, to fill in right away. And then you got Trufant and et cetera, and the guys, other secondary guys returning. So your secondary is still pretty decent. Like you said, five picks in the top eighty-five. Now, like you said, their history has shown the Lions haven't been very good at at picking players. But if they can hit on a couple of them, you never know what could happen. You know, they could they could really be have something there. I think their defense has gotten a little better, bringing over Danny Shelton from New England, a very solid uh, defensive tackle. Obviously, Snacks Harrison um, didn't play up to what they thought was going to happen. So, I mean, I like what they're doing. They're not in full rebuild mode, but they're obviously not all in to win a championship either. They're kind of right in the middle. So, um, you know, they're trying to find bargains. They're trying to save a little cap space, and they're trying to add more talent. And, you know, obviously Matt Patricia bringing in a lot of Patriots. Uh, mm-hmm. He kind of knows what these guys are all about and knows that, they, that they're that they going to fit in his system. So, um, you know, they're bringing in players. To me, the more players you bring in, the more new guys you bring in, the better because there's a better chance of having a turnaround. But then also, you know, there's a potential of it not working at all and, and the unit being worse. So uh, if you're a Lions fan, I, I would say it, it's it, I'm, I'm kind of just right in the middle. I'm not super super mad about the, the moves because uh, some of them needed to happen, but I'm also not super pumped about any of the signings as well. Um, like you said, it, will Bob Quinn be able to actually do something this offseason when it comes to the draft and things like that? Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they, they attack the draft. I think the Lions are in one of the best positions when you when you talk about the draft with that third pick. Um, just with the way the, the draft is, is looking like it's going to fall, I think the Lions do have a lot of power now. They kind of messed that up a little bit, signing Chase Daniels as a free agent quarterback, because potentially that could kind of show teams maybe they're not looking to draft the quarterback at three, so you don't really have that that uh, that leverage. And then also, obviously, getting a cornerback. Now it's maybe like, maybe they're not going to go after Isaiah Simmons. Maybe they are going to go with, with Jeff Okuda. So you're kind of, it's a lot of speculation right now, obviously, but... Um, I don't. I hope they didn't show their cards too early. So we're gonna have to wait and see, man. Obviously, the draft is huge. They're gonna have to bring in people. They got holes just like every other team. You know, I'm worried about my Packers. Um, they had kind of a quiet free agent period, but um, yeah. So right now, it's it's still up in the air, man. Um, Minnesota's lost a couple key pieces. Um, Chicago's doing a lot of questionable things. So right now, I feel like the NFC North is is still Green Bay's division, but I, I don't think these teams are far separated from each other hold that thought because we do got to take a break i do want to talk more about the nfc north though because like you said minnesota and chicago have been making moves or green bay maybe hasn't there is one that i do want to bring up to you just to speculate with and we'll do so next here in espn up check out the up's local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app 
Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. We continue to talk NFL before we get to basketball. And before we get back to the NFC North, Jake, the breaking news from just inside the last half hour, a couple of years removed after making him the highest paid guy at his uh, position, the L.A. Rams have released running back Todd Gurley. They've also let go former Green Bay Packer Clay Matthews after one season. Man, is this a canary in the coal mine, not only for running backs, but maybe even a few other positions. And if they're trying to get paid, if they're trying to fix the market in the sense that they want to be getting quarterback money, to me, this seems like a canary in the coal mine for not only the running back position, although the Derrick Henry uh the contract offers that he's going to be getting those are going to be really interesting to talk about but not only for running backs but for wide receivers tight ends and several other offensive player positions yeah i mean obviously with the running back position in the nfl there's tears just like any other position you know you got your derrick henry's your zeke elliott's your saquon barkley's these guys are going to command uh, obviously a higher a higher contract a higher salary but after that i feel like team's mindsets are hey you know, we could we could kind of shuffle guys in and out here. It's not like we need a dominant elite running back, especially when you talk about Todd Gurley, who's who's dealt with injuries. You know, you, you might get a season, maybe two seasons, where it's like, okay, he's injured, that's fine. But then after that, teams start getting a little wary. You start to become somebody who can kind of be, be used as a chess piece through a trade or, like you said, um, getting cut or released. So um, if you're not the Derrick Henrys, if you're not the Zeeks, if you're not the Saquon Barkleys, you know, the leverage right now isn't, isn't too great because A, running back's, uh, career lifespan is only a few years. And B, you can, you know, teams have found really good running backs later in the draft. You talk about the Alvin Kamaras of the world, you know, just these hidden, excuse me, these hidden gems, um, that you can find. So right now the running back market is just completely just gone. Um, you know, what's stopping me from, from going after a injured Todd Gurley over, uh, you know, a younger guy with younger legs or yet less tread on the tires. I mean, um, for me, running back position, as long as you don't fumble it or turn the ball over, we could we could figure something out. And especially if you're not a pass catcher. In this day and age in the NFL, if you can't catch as equally as you can run right now, I mean, you're, you're not as valuable to teams. So um, you see it in the wide receiver, even with the free agency that's been going on. Who's the biggest wide receiver free agent that's been signed so far? Right, like just from free agency. You see, you've seen trades happen, but just signed. You know, the the, the Emmanuel Sanders, the Robbie Andersons of the world. Teams aren't really trying to really jump and pay these guys because you look at this year's upcoming draft, and there's like 50 of the top 100 players are wide receivers who could potentially come on and just help your team. So, so why as as a GM would I go pay, you know, overpay for this vet? When I could get somebody who could be equally as productive, good chance I'm going to get somebody in the third round of the NFL draft. So mm-hmm. um, those are just two examples. Right now, those those positions are just kind of just like, you know, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys flooding those positions. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're a running back in the league, if you're a free agent wide receiver, you're sitting back saying, why am I not getting paid right now? So um, for them, it's, it's it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of the way the market works. And, and each year through the NFL, you see these trends and positions become a little bit more valuable, then their value kind of falls off. Obviously, with quarterbacks, that position is going to be important no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, you always want to have a good pass rusher, so those positions are going to stay very valuable. And then, you, know, you need to cover these waters. Yeah, yeah you know, and it, and you know, you secondary. You need guys that can cover in this day and age because offenses, offenses are very, very, you know, 
they're very hard to stop. Obviously, there's they're very uh, got guys running. They're very open. The field's kind of opened up, and, and a, a traditional run game offense isn't. You're not going to see that outside of maybe Tennessee, who has Derrick Henry, who's just a freak and a guy that doesn't come around very often. So, well, Jake, um, I want to throw in one more position that's benefiting right now as far as. Uh, salaries and contracts and that would be that of tight end uh, because you saw mm-hmm. the two teams that made the Super Bowl this year Kittle and Kelsey the two best wideouts in football neither of them had a stud running back but more of a running back by committee that's going to hurt the running back market and like you said with as deep as this wide receiver trade class is it, that hurts the market for Odell Beckham Jr. the Browns are saying mm-hmm. they need to be wowed in order to give him up and I don't know at this point if he even would give up a first round for Odell Beckham. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but we do have another piece of breaking news, and this literally just broke. Sean Payton, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, just tested positive for COVID-19. He is the first player in the NFL world, excuse me, the first member of the NFL world that has tested positive for coronavirus. So once again, Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, a 56-year-old in New Orleans, has just tested positive for COVID-19. And that's all the details we have right now, but Sean Payton is the first member of the NFL world to test positive for coronavirus. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, it, that's not surprising to me at all. I feel like um, it was just a matter of time before, you know, it starts affecting. The NBA was the first to deal with their players getting it and, and people like that, but, you know, I think this thing's been a, a, a long. I don't want to get too deep into corona talk right now as much, but I think this thing's been around a lot longer. Obviously, there's people who have it who have shown no symptoms. Um, and, and right now, just because they say we have X amount of cases, it's only the people who have been tested and confirmed. We don't even have enough tests to test all, all the people, so we'll never have an idea just how bad this really is. I think it's a lot worse than, than the government and, and the CDC and, and people are leading on to be. I don't think they want to panic people at all, but, um, you know, a lot of people probably have this thing who don't even know it right now. So that's, again, social distancing and, and making sure if you, you feel sick to, kind of self-quarantine and stay away from people is is just super super important right now and I, I just can't I can't emphasize that enough I tell you what, getting back to a little bit more of football here in the NFC North, you know, a couple of division rivals for the Packers have made moves the last couple of days. Minnesota basically has axed their entire defense. They franchise tagged Anthony Harris, but he very well could be traded. Does it kind of raise a red flag that none of these guys and Mike Zimmer, who's a great defensive mind, worked out, no matter whose fault it is, it, does it kind of concern you maybe a little bit? Because it does for me. And then on Chicago's side, they go out and they get a guy who hasn't won an NFL game to be their starting quarterback. He hasn't won an NFL game since 2018 in the playoffs when he beat the Bears. And I guess that was January 2019, but technically part of the 2018 season. And that was against the Bears. And now they're saying this is going to be the guy that's going to either take the job or at least put a fire underneath our former number two overall pick. Where do you see that Chicago and Minnesota are now here after their moves this week? I do like the fact that Chicago brought in competition for Mitch Trubisky. You know, it's obviously going to motivate him to um, work harder and, and be more focused and, and, and be more present in the offense and, and add a little pressure and, like you said, add a little fire under him. Um, who, you know, they, they moved up. You look at the top ten picks in that draft where, where Chicago moved up to take Mitch, Mitch Trubisky number two. They passed up on, on Christian McCaffrey. They passed up on Pat Mahomes. They passed up on Marshawn Lattimore. You know, the Bears, they're, they're, they're obviously hurting about that pick right now. And Bears fans know they missed a prime opportunity for their, 
their franchise. I do like the fact they're bringing in, you know, veterans, people who have who have been winners in the NFL before um, to come in. I was hoping they brought in Cam Newton. I thought that would have been a good pick for Chicago. Um, Cam's dealing with injuries, but um, I, I like that the fact that they brought in a quarterback to help Mitch Trubisky. But other than that, um, I'm not really sure what they're they're really doing. I mean, tell me who they brought in. I mean, they they obviously needed a lot of help protecting Mitch Trubisky. Did they did they do anything with that? I know there's they're still um, their draft picks are kind of all over the place with that Khalil Mack trade. Um, like you said, uh, you know, I'm not like too impressed by what they're doing. Are they going to be much better than they were last year? I don't really know, but um, on paper, it doesn't look like they've added like a whole lot of you know difference making there. Well, I tell you what, Jake, let's talk about the Packers here because they made a couple of moves earlier. Uh, Brian Balaga, obviously not in the team's future plans anymore. Christian Kirksey comes in, and they're still looking at maybe upgrading it tight end. I know they've got Mercedes Lewis around for at least another year, but one name I saw that got brought up that the Packers are rumored to be interested in, I want to get your thoughts on, is Delaney Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that, actually. Uh, Delaney, you know, I think he's 30, 31, 32 years old. Um, he has been a really good tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Just a few years ago, he was looked at as potentially a top five tight end. Um, I still do think he has uh, gas in the tank. I think you know when he's he's on his game, he's a good pass catcher. He's he definitely helps in the passing game. He's he's a bigger guy. He's you know he's scary looking. Like he's a, he's one of those guys that's physically you kind of see him and you're just like, whoa, this guy's kind of a you know a freak, but. Uh, I think that would be a good fit. Uh, you got Mercedes Lewis, you got Jay Sternberger, but but who else? Who else do you really got at, in that position group? I, I don't think the draft is very strong at tight end. Um, so bringing in Delaney Walker, I think would be would be a decent move. Um, Christian Kirksey, uh, two years ago, he was one of the better linebackers in all of the NFL. He's been dealing with with injury history. I like the fact that they didn't you didn't have to pay him too much, and if you know, it's it's kind of a uh, low risk, high reward type of situation. You know, they didn't go out and break the bank, but if he can stay healthy, maybe the the change in scenery helps him a little bit and and gets him back to form. I think they they kind of could be hitting a home run with that pick. Um, you know, Kirksey is is an athletic guy. Um, you know, he's very instinctive. He's really good at deciphering screenplays. I think that's one of the things I heard, and I think that's huge for Green Bay. They they had trouble stopping the screen game the last several years um and he and he's a decent he can be decent in coverage obviously um so i think right there that's a good pickup for 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 you know not a lot of money and then rick wagner uh former detroit lion i think he comes in um statistically i think he had just a decent uh, about as good of a year as belaga i don't know if maybe a little less um impressive but i think he's right there number wise and and, and things like that. And, and Green Bay is not breaking the bank. I think they're giving them just a little over $4 million this season. And I think Detroit is actually eating $5 million plus in dead cap space. So they are actually paying more for Rick, Wag, Rick Wagner than, than Green Bay is. So if he can just stay healthy and, and be just decent, I think Green Bay kind of hit a home run. Obviously, it's not like last year where they're, they were big spenders and bringing in a lot of guys. Um, just the salary cap and, and what they're dealing with doesn't allow them to do that. But for what they have and how much they spent, I don't think they overpaid these guys at all. And I think um, you know they're, they're getting a bang for their buck. Um, would like to see them bring in a tight end, possibly you know a veteran receiver on a, on a shorter, like maybe one-year deal. I'm um, not really sure where their cap number is at at this moment, but um, 
you know, you'd like to see him maybe try to add something to uh, to another position and need in free agency, then then attack the draft really hard and, and see what you can you can find there. Well, Jake, I tell you what, here before we hit the break, I just wanted to touch on the quarterback landscape as a whole here because it's changed a lot the last few days. I am happy to see the Chargers saying that they're going forward with Terod Taylor. They're giving him a shot. I, I really think that's a good move. Uh, we're seeing how the COVID-19 outbreak has affected the NFL in just the last couple of days. We have, in the last 24 hours, really, we had two very interesting case studies as to how that has directly impacted quarterbacks in the NFL. One being Tom Brady, and we know that he's going to Tampa Bay. They're still working out a deal. They still haven't come to exact terms as to what. So Tom Brady's not officially a, a Buccaneer yet. He is in principle, but he hasn't put the pen to the paper because they're waiting on a physical. And if a physical is to take place, Brady's got to go out of his way and work that out with his own doctor. And I know the team doctors, the Buccaneer team doctors, would love to have a look at him. But the NFL says you can't right now. While we're in the midst of this outbreak, they physically can't. So now they got to trust that Brady's doctor... Brady's personal physician is going to give them credible information, not just say, yeah, this guy's good to go. Just clear him anyway. The Bucks team doctors won't get a shot to look at Brady before they sign him. And I, I, don't, I know that will make a team uncomfortable. I certainly know it made the Chicago Bears uncomfortable because, for me, Nick Foles was kind of just the best that was left out there. I think the Bears wanted Cam Newton. I absolutely do. But he's coming off injury and there's no way that you're going to pay a guy that kind of money, the money that he's looking for, to come in and be your quarterback when you haven't had your own doctors look at him. I mean, he hasn't played since, what, week two of last year, something like that, and the Bears never had their opportunity to look at him, and they were not going to risk paying Cam Newton quarterback money for him to come in and not be evaluated by the team physicians before that. And they they just were were not willing to make that risk and hope Cam Newton was healthy or his doctors were telling the truth. Right, and yeah, and each each obviously each team each organization, I'm going to go about that you know free agency and getting guys in their own ways. But but yeah, you're right. I don't see Cam Newton being signed by any team in the foreseeable future until this all blows over until he can you know come in because like you said, he's dealing with multiple shoulder injuries and ankle injury. Uh, it's a little different with Tom Brady because he he, first, he stayed relatively healthy, but but yeah, well, I mean, who's to say that a a, a player can't go to their quote unquote own doctor and have them maybe give them false information? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like, so they'll get signed, just, and that's just what so the they can get signed, get a job, and and who? I mean, I'm not saying players are going to do that, but what's stopping a player from saying, "Hey, can you just tell them this? That way, I'll get signed, and I will give you this much x amount of dollars." Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, you you would hope players don't do that and lie, but but yeah, it makes it a little bit more tricky to kind of work through and and um, obviously for as a Green Bay Packer fan, I'm kind of happy. I'm, I'm not saying Nick Foles is a bad a bad player, but I don't think that moves the needle for Chicago towards the Super Bowl or anything like that. But potentially, I guess maybe. I mean, you would be more worried suck. about Cam Newton than you would Nick Foles. I, I will, yes, I would be more worried about Cam Newton just because if he's healthy, he's definitely an X factor, and he's just a guy that that. You know, just his presence raises guys' spirits and, and makes them play hard. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's very tricky. I mean, the NFL, they're in a position, they're kind of in a better position than all of these other leagues who have, who are currently in season, who, who were currently in season and had to stop because, you know, it just so happens they're during their off season. But it doesn't mean that they're not dealing with, with things, um, in their, in their own right. So, um, it does make things a little tricky. You're talking about like, 
hey, about, I'm thinking about signing this wide receiver. He's had, he's had hamstring injuries, you know, a history of them. Maybe we shouldn't. But at the same time, if we don't sign him now, another team can jump and we could, we could lose out. So, I mean, you got to trust who you're talking to. You got to trust these doctors and, and kind of make your, make your best guess as to, you know, who you want to bring in and stuff. It definitely makes it more tricky. Um, but for the most part, I think teams are able to kind of work through it and, and get guys in and, and relatively healthy guys, um, into their organizations. You know, and Cam Newton might be in good health right now. He might uh, be back right. to his old self, and we, we just don't know. And I tell you what, well, either until this uh, pandemic goes away or until the NFL says that team doctors can't evaluate certain players, Cam Newton's not going to have a job. No team is going to take a chance on Cam Newton and trust mm-hmm. that what he's telling them is correct information. I tell you what, though, right. Jake, here, before we do hit the break, uh, my stat of the day, because I want to transition to basketball after the break, my stat of the day is in relation to football. If Jameis Winston doesn't return to the Buccaneers next year, he'll become the first player in NFL history whose first and last passes with the same franchise were both pick sixes. Hmm. The same Jameis, the last time he was in front of a microphone representing Tampa Bay was asking for $30 million a year. Look how <laughs> look how far we've come. Um, yeah, I mean, man, Jameis is good when he's good. He's, he's, he's terrible when he's not. So um, there's really no in-between. He's kind of hot and cold. I, I I could see Jameis going to like somewhere like New England. You, think? you know what I mean? Or, think if they win something. with Jameis. That's what I'm saying. You know, if you're Bill Belichick, you're kind of like, okay, he threw 30 picks, but he did throw 30 touchdowns. If mm-hmm. I could just cut that in half, you know, Bill Belichick thinks he can he can turn around pretty much anybody. And, and I'm telling you, Jameis just got LASIK eye surgery, so he's seeing better. His vision was always a thing where I was just like, is this guy seeing the field? Mm. Some of the, the decision-making. But, um, you know, Bill Belichick could be one of those guys, maybe bring in a Cam Newton a little bit later down the road or Jameis and, and try to see what they're doing. I'm under the impression that the, the, the Patriots are going to tank this year. Do you think? Tank, uh, tank for Trevor? Tank for Trevor. One year. You had 20 years with Tom atop the NFL, winning multiple championships. You can you can deal with one down year to bring in another guy like a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields to get this thing right back started up again. I mean, who knows? I'm a, obviously I think everyone's tanking. I'm one of those type of people where like they should probably tank. They need to tank. Um, but for me, it, it makes sense for New England right now. So who knows? Maybe that's why Stidham is looking like their guy, quote unquote. Um, maybe because they're just kind of throwing in the towel and saying, let's sacrifice a year and and hopefully um, put ourselves in a position to draft another franchise quarterback and, and get this thing rolling once again. Danner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our next time out. We'll transition to basketball. Plus, take a look inside the hat of content next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along this Thursday afternoon. We've got March Madness to break down, plus a look inside the hat of content. But first, your Sports Center update. Defensive back Chris Harris is leaving the Broncos after nine seasons. He will sign with divisional rival Los Angeles. The NHL expansion franchise in Seattle is delaying the unveiling of the team's nickname, which was scheduled for later this month. And finally, Following a traumatic experience at a wax museum while in college, Damian Lillard is scared of statues. He's not scared of taking the big shot, but Damian Lillard is terrified of statues. So if and when he becomes a Hall of Famer, he'll certainly get a statue outside of their venue in Portland. That'd probably be the worst way to honor him. 
So he's afraid of all statues. Because he's afraid he of statues. To a, he said to that, a wax museum. He said he, you know, I read this article. While he was in college, he went to a wax museum, and he said it just freaked him out how there was this music playing that he thought was ominous, and he's standing in there, and there are these life-size, like, replicas of people, and it's like, I think he said, particularly because a few of them were murdered, like, because Abe Lincoln was there, and Malcolm X was there, and he was like, I'm seeing these life-size figures of people who were murdered in this eerie-sounding music, and he said it just freaked him out. Now he's afraid of statues. I actually looked it up, and that is a real thing. It's called automatonophobia. Hmm. So Damien Lillard, not afraid of taking the big shot. He's afraid of statues. Yeah, man. I mean, all it takes is one bad experience with, with something, and you could be definitely afraid, um, you know, afraid for life. That's that's an interesting one, though. Mm. I mean, I always thought wax museums, like, I've been to a few of them. I, I thought it was actually really cool how, how just real and authentic these, these statues actually look. And I, I'm a huge statue fan. Um, I'm always wanting players to have statues outside of the arena and things like that. So that's interesting. I mean, you know, if you, if you ever need to scare Damian Lillard, I guess go and, <laughs> and put a statue in his house when he's not there. Imagine his statue unveiling. It could be a, could be a cool YouTube video. Yeah, you know, it could. It could be a cool, you know. Uh, imagine his statue unveiling once he's retired and the uh, Blazers are honoring him. I, he just, I don't he know if he'll attend. He probably won't attend. <laughs> Either like, or. Just, just keep it covered up. Keep it covered up. <laughs> we, we know how it probably looks. So let's just let's just leave it. Let me get out of here. Then you can unveil it, and then I'll never drive by this arena again. <laughs> Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. We're going to fill out. We're going to simulate what could have been with the March Madness bracket. First, though, we're going to take a look inside the hat of content because I like doing these, and they've gone well the last couple of days. Jake, I've got my leprechaun hat here that I wear when I go to South Bend or Kildare's here in the office, and I've got uh, sheets of paper in the hat, and each of them has a number pertaining to a question. I am closing my eyes and reaching inside the hat, and I have pulled out number 13. So let's look at question number 13 here in our question sheet. Would you rather be an XFL backup player or a starter on a minor league baseball team? Mm. What do you think, Jake? Uh, for me personally, hmm. I would probably go with the XFL, man. I just I I like football just more than baseball, just the sport. I mean, I guess if you're a starter in the minor league, you, there's an opportunity for you to move move forward and move right. up the ranks. I guess if you're an XFL player, you're obviously in a not a great league, and you can't even start on an XFL team. So you're kind of that's where I come from. People, right? It's you know, it's you a status thing. You're basically showing, hey, I'm not a good good enough to be a starter here. There's no way I'm good enough for your NFL team. So, um, I like football better, man. I would rather be a backup on an XFL team, I guess, just right. because. Just because, I mean, I just I just like the sport a little bit better, and and I think the XFL is fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun. I I'll come in and make a few plays if you need me. If someone gets hurt, I'll step in. I'll throw a pass. I'll catch a touchdown, and then I'm I'm off the field. I'm, <laughs> I'm back chilling. That's basically my back. I I always been. I always said the backup quarterback position is the best position to play in football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe not in that. I mean, XFL players were still getting paid. At, you know, they were still getting paid. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't, you know, like the NFL. But, I mean, I'll sit back, practice, get paid my money, and then, um, you know, I'm there to, to capture all the glory if things go south. I mean, it sounds great to me. You're the Alex Moran type of quarterback. I'm definitely Alex Moran. Every time I watch Blue Mountain State, 
I always cracked up at Alex Moran because that's pretty much exactly that's exactly how I was for a little bit on my my junior year of my high school football uh, career. I was the backup quarterback, and I was just chilling and just wreaking you know the benefits of being a quarterback on the football team. It was, it was good. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along as we go through the had of content, and now we're on to what could have been. And by the way, if you missed this, Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst, is going to be on with us here in ESPN-UP tomorrow, and we'll talk about what could have been, plus the unveiling of ESPN's all-time greatest college basketball player bracket. That comes out tonight, so don't miss that interview tomorrow. Seth Greenberg joins a sports pen at 4 p.m. sharp. Unfortunately, we're a little behind schedule, so we are going to do our simulation of the bracket here after the break, which we'll take right now, more in a moment here in ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen podcast. Get it by going to our website, ESPNUP.com, or check out our free mobile app. Get that from the Apple Live Store or Google Play. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along as always. What could have been? Well, we'll find out. We're going to simulate for you. March Madness with the projected bracket. Jake and I are going to give you our picks. And shoot, I mean, there's no way to fact check this, Jake. I mean, it's not like we're going to be proven wrong. This tournament didn't happen. But let's just say that we did, or it did. And uh, we'll take this bracket put together by ESPN's Joe Lenardi. And he's about as big of an expert as anybody is on the subject. So what we'll do here is I'll give you the matchups. We'll work our way through the bracket. Let's start in the Midwest Regional. And, you know, we're... I think we can get this done here in the last 15 minutes or so. Let's start yeah. with a 116 game. Could Kansas, the top overall team in the tournament, be upset by Siena? No. I say no, too. Give I me mean, Kansas. I mean, do we need to explain that any further <laughs> in the interest of time? No, I, in the interest right, of time, I, yeah. Let's, we'll keep rolling. We both got Kansas, though. The 8-9 game, you've got number 8, Houston. And number nine, Marquette. Marquette came into the season, uh, the tournament, I should say, ice cold, losing six of their last seven. Houston favored by four. They've actually got point spreads on these, which I don't know how they determined. Jake, I'm going with our first upset. I think Marquette bounces back and they win this game. Marquette, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good pick. I I watched maybe one Marquette game this year, and, and uh, who was it? Marquette, is it Marcus, Marcus Howard? Marcus Howard, yep. Yeah, he I mean, he was just unbelievable. But um, you go, you can go Marquette. I'm gonna go Houston just because, like you said, Marquette's kind of been on a cold streak. If their shooters aren't hitting, you know, it, it's not good. So I know absolutely nothing about Houston. I'm just gonna go with the fact that Marquette hasn't been playing good basketball. So give me Houston. You've got number five Auburn, who made it to the Final Four last year, taking on number twelve Liberty. Uh, that would be a potential upset for me, but I just can't see Auburn one year after going to the Final Four losing in the first round. Yeah, give me Auburn. They have, you know, freakish athletes. Okoro's a top five, top ten NBA lottery projected pick there for the Auburn Tigers. Um, they're just athletic. They're good. They're experienced. So give me Auburn. You've got number four, Wisconsin, 12-point favorites against number 13, North Texas. I am taking the Badgers in this one. Yeah, Wisconsin's one of my favorite teams in the whole tournament. So I'm going to go with the Badgers. They're just so consistent. They play team basketball. You know what you're going to get out of them. They, they like to play defense. So just give me the Badgers. I just think they have, 
you know, or they had the team to really potentially make a pretty decent run this year. So I'll take I'll take Wisconsin. Here's a fun matchup: number six Iowa favored by two points against number eleven Eastern Tennessee State, who is one of the better mid majors. People didn't talk about from this past year. That being said, I think Iowa's got too good of a team, and they've got too good of a player in Luca Garza to lose in the first round. Yeah, I'll take Iowa. Obviously, playing in the Big Ten, they they've been tested. Um, like you said, they get they got a pretty solid roster there. Um, no, no disrespect to uh, what is it, Middle Tennessee State, but um, or is that what you Eastern say? Middle Tennessee, Eastern Tennessee State? Um, I just, I just don't see it happening. I'm going to go Iowa. Duke nine point favorites as the three seed over Belmont. You like that one? Because I do. I do like that one. Duke kind of scares me though because they they've played just weird some at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I follow Duke close and and they can get cold and they could come out and be kind of lackadaisical. They're a younger team. Um, but it's too early to, to, to kick Duke out of the tournament right now. So, so give me Duke. How about number seven, Providence? They are favored by three against number 10, Arizona State. Mm. That's a toughie. That's one I could very toughie. easily pick Bobby Hurley. But you right. know what? I really like Ed Cooley. I really do, too, as a head coach. So I think I will say Providence ekes it out. Yeah, Providence, give me... Give me Arizona State. All right. Uh, might be my first upset. All right. So Not then, a big upset, but it's an upset. It's an upset. And then uh, final game in the first round of this region, Kentucky, the number two seed, 12-point favorites against number 15, North Dakota State, the Summit League champs. Mm. Well, we've seen Kentucky get beat earlier on in the season in, in dramatic fashion by a team that was far less superior, but... Um, I don't see that happening again. I don't think Kentucky would, would be taking anyone lightly, especially after that early season loss. Um, so give me, yeah, give me Kentucky. How about, okay, let's keep going through this region. Uh, I had Marquette going on to play Kansas. You had Houston. I don't think Marquette would have beaten Kansas. Do you think Houston would have? No, I, I think Kansas is, is a really legit team so i would have candace moving on all right so we've got the jayhawks going to the sweet 16 how about auburn or wisconsin you've got the five seed auburn the four seed wisconsin unfortunately don't have point spreads for these hypothetical matchups yeah i mean this is tough i, I think i think auburn is is a team that likes to get up and down i think they're a little bit more of the, the opposite of wisconsin this would be a good game i yeah, would like would. to see this game um shoot I'm going to take Wisconsin, though, in a close one. I am, too. Can I'm going to say I think the Badgers will leak it. Uh, who else do we have going for a chance to the Sweet 16? Here we go. Iowa, the sixth seed, against Duke, number three. Man, I like Luka Garza. I'm picking Iowa to upset Duke. You you would take Iowa. I'm going to take Duke. <laughs> I'm going to do it just because Notre Dame's not in the tournament. Otherwise, I'd pick them. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'll go Duke. I think Duke is just – they have the talent. You have got uh, Providence – at least I had Providence. You had Arizona State going up against Kentucky. I don't think Providence would beat Kentucky. In fact, I think Arizona State would be a tougher matchup for Kentucky. What say you? I, you know, I took Arizona State. I can't take them again. Thank you, Arizona State, for proving me right. You know, with that upset, but I don't, I don't see you moving on. So give me. Um, Kentucky. All right, the Sweet 16 matchups moving on to Indianapolis. You've got top-seeded Kansas against number four Wisconsin. That's a real toughie for me because BPI says Wisconsin would have won this game. Yeah, yeah, That would again, that would be a really good game to watch. I'm going to go Kansas, though, man. Mm-hmm. I just, I, uh, you know. 
I don't doubt Wisconsin could win that game, but right, uh, yeah. I, right. If I'm putting money down, it's it's going to be on Kansas. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I mean, uh, who's who's to say? I could see Wisconsin potentially going on and winning the whole thing, but there's just something that you know, Kansas is a blue blood school. They got the athletes, they got the recruits, they got the team. You know, Bill Self is there, so give me Kansas. How about let's see? You would have Duke and Kentucky. I think Kentucky beats Iowa. I have the Hawks eliminated my bracket in the Sweet 16. What about you, Duke or Kentucky? I'm going to take Duke. Okay. Give me Coach K in March. I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, we move on to the Elite Eight. We would have Kansas going up against either Duke or Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, Kansas is a tough one. But, shoot, man. Well, I think about that, what do you think? I'm going to go Kansas. Yeah. I think... You know, Kansas is, is kind of, I know I'm not going out on a limb with this pick, but I just like the way this team's built. Um, you know, they've gone through ups and downs in the season and, and gone through some adversity, but I kind of feel like they, they found who they are. So um, I think I think Kansas would win the game. All right. All right. I like it. Um, so Kansas is the team that I think I'm going to go with, too. So we both have Kansas, the top seed overall in the tournament, winning the Midwest region. How about in the Eastern Regional? You've got, well, we've got one of those playing games, Boston U taking on Robert Morris. Uh, the winner would get Dayton. I'm picking Obi Toppin and Dayton to win that game, no matter who it is. Yeah, same. Obi Toppin, if you haven't seen him play yet, uh, go on YouTube and check this guy out. He's a lottery-projected pick. You know, he's going to be chosen in the top ten. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take take Obi Toppin. I feel for Dayton, man. They, mm-hmm. they had a really good team. They had a good shot this year. One of their better teams in program history. It's it's, it's unfortunate for them. And what what a great job Anthony Grant did as their head coach. I still remember him getting fired by Alabama a few years ago, and I thought, man, this guy has consistently made mid majors better. I mean, he's a better mid major coach. Like he makes the NCAA tournament more as a mid major than he does as a Power Five school or even a Group of Five school. Uh, but I tell you what, I feel for him, and and he's very deserving if he does get Coach of the Year. Here's a potential upset. You've got eight-seed Colorado going up against nine-seeded Florida, who, again, just is coming into the tournament ice cold, but they're six-point favorites in this hypothetical matchup with Colorado. And I, I think I'm going to use the same logic I had with uh, with Marquette. I think I'm going to take the Gators over Colorado. Yeah, these are, these are two interesting teams. I'll, I'm going to go Florida as well. All right, all right. Um, I just like their program. I like what they've been doing. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I just like the program a little bit better. I'm going to go for it. We have got another play-in matchup coming up here. Uh, Texas against Richmond would get into the uh, the big dance, I guess we should say, instead of the play-in games, uh, by taking on Butler, who is the five seed. The winner of Texas and Richmond will get the 12 seed. Um, you know what? I like Texas when they're at their best, but they have not been uh, enough this year. And Butler... I get it. They're pretty good. They're above average. Texas upside, I think, is better than Butler, but I don't think it's enough for me to pick them to beat Butler. Yeah, this one's tough. I mean, I got to pick up a certain. What is that? Five twelve matchup. Yep. Wait, what is that? Five twelve. Yeah. There's got to. There's got to be one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Texas. All right. Texas doing it over yeah. Butler. How about number four Maryland? Eight point favorites against number thirteen Akron. I'm gonna go Maryland, man. Yep. I would- had their ups and downs in the Big Ten, just like all Big Ten teams. But when they're on, they're a very solid, very balanced team. So give me the Terrapins. Here's another play-in game for the 11 seed in the East Regional. You have North Carolina State against UCLA. I think North Carolina State would win that game, and they would get Penn State. 
as the sixth seed in the round of 64. Um, that's another toughie, but I think the best player in the floor is Lamar Stevens, and I think he will not allow his team to lose in the first round. I'd, I'd take the Nittany Lions. I agree with you. Penn State, another one of those teams that won some games and also lost some games in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, if they, they're playing their game, they could, they could beat a lot of really good teams, so give me Penn State. You've got number three Villanova, 10-point favorites over Hofstra. I'd take Villanova, plus give me the points. Yeah, same. I think Villanova would win that win that game pretty easily, so we'll go with the Wildcats. We've got number seven West Virginia. They're favored by just two against number ten Utah State. That's another one I think I'll take the points. I mean West Virginia's a scrappy group. I'm gonna go with you, West Virginia. Let's go with the Mountaineers. And then number two, Florida State, fourteen point favorites over northern Kentucky. Uh the Seminoles were just too good. Yeah, the Seminoles they've they've been bringing in some players there um, always an athletic group like hyper athletic um, very hard to stop very good defensively usually so give me Florida State we'll run through these uh, matchups here in the East Regional here as we get into the second round Dayton or Florida Dayton's the uh, top seed Dayton, Florida's man. nine I, I'm going to too I'm going to say I'm Dayton keeps Dayton. it going I'm a huge Dayton fan this year. Yep. I'm on that bandwagon, so give me Dayton. We have, uh, well, I've got Butler against Maryland. I'm taking Maryland. You have Maryland against Texas. I think the road ends for the Longhorns. I'm going to go Maryland. We've got Penn State against Villanova. Penn State, the sixth seed, Villanova, the three. Give me Penn State. I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of that way. I just, I don't really have a, it could go either way, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Give me Penn State to do this. Uh, it was no, kind of a prove me year for them, and they did it. Pat Chambers and Lamar Stevens, and then uh, uh, West Virginia against Florida State. I'm going to keep going with the Seminoles. Yeah, give me the higher seed. Give me Florida State. All right, so we're on to the Sweet 16. We're in New York now. We've got Dayton squared off against Maryland. Oh, I, I don't know, a, man. I'm that's go, a toughie. I'm going to go Dayton. I'm, I'm feeling Dayton going on a special. A special run in the tournament. Give me Dayton. I'm going to say Maryland. I think that the road ends here. I like the upside for Maryland just a little bit better and what Mark Turgeon brings to the table. Uh, Penn State against Florida State. I'm still going with the Seminoles and the job Leonard Hamilton did. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to go Florida State as well. I think. So we go think to Penn State. We go overplayed. To the, yeah. The uh, the East Championship game, the Elite Eight. Um, we both agree Florida State is there. I have them there against Maryland. You do against Dayton. I think the Seminoles win this one, and they go to the Final Four. I'll take the ah, – this one's tough, man. I'll take the Seminoles. I think I think they'll be find a way to stop – slow down, not stop topping, but slow them down, and I think they, they take away their strength. So give me Florida State. We did not have similar – I should say we didn't have identical brackets. We had similar brackets, but we have Kansas and Florida State getting into the Final Four – Unfortunately, time is going to cut us short. Uh, we'll have to pick this up again next week, though, because that was fun. Man, I appreciate you being here, as always, making it work through the phone line as we combat the spread of COVID-19. Man, what's coming up at Local 3 we should be aware of? Man, uh, sports, you know, we're just kind of feeling the after effects of the, of the world, uh, you know, the sports stoppage. So um, we're just kind of looking to, to hear team stories and things like that. Um, we're done with the sports zone, so that's over talk a little NFL free agency, but um, right now we're just trying to you know, trying to keep up with the, the local, you know, NFL teams and things like that, and obviously just, just making sure that we're staying healthy, you know, we're taking this time to, you know, kind of rejuvenate and, and try not to stress out and panic as much as you can, and just, 
doing your part, like I said earlier in the show, to just help us stop the spread of this this uh, COVID-19 and, you know, just practice safe, sanitary things. Wash your hands, keep things clean, wipe things down, and let's hope that we're through this sooner rather than later. Jake Duran of Local 3, kind enough to give us some time here for the sports pen. That's it for us. Tomorrow, don't forget, Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst, will be on with me. Don't miss that interview here at 4 Sharp. Until then, for Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to the sports pen on ESPN UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.